podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Cricket of the Game. I am your host, Ajit. In today's episode, I have a new guest, a more statistics-driven cricket fan. Hello, Raju. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, sir. I think you should stop calling me, sir. Call me Ajit, please. First of all, before we begin the, you know, the games and the other things, what about your interest in cricket and specifically statistics you know coming from the south asian uh, subcontinent i can easily understand you are very much interested in cricket but what is your uh, interest in statistics do you study it or something yes sir as actually i became a cricket fan because of my father my father used to watch cricket matches when i was a kid and by that time i got interested in cricket and during the time 2019 i attended few classes sir david sir who taught me cricket analysis and from that time i started searching for statistics and after that i started posting those things on twitter and now i gained some followers and some engagement that's it sir very nice so this is precisely how i found you as well so who is this david that taught you about statistics if i may ask he is some other analyst sir actually i found him on instagram on some sponsored mm. post okay and from there i nice. i paid money and i learned analytics something excellent that's it sir excellent do you see yourself as a statistician do you have do you want to make a cricket uh, based career no sir i am not thinking about it i just want to get some government job and keep posting these things just that that's it sir nothing other than that fair enough fair enough so okay good luck with the rest of your uh, you know hunt for a job and so on coming back to uh, this one do you play yourself at all No sir, just in Delhi cricket, nothing more than nothing more than that. I mean, well, some of us we may have also played uh, with a leather ball, but uh, we are Delhi cricketers in our heart, first and foremost. If you are growing up in India, Pakistan, you know, South Asian subcontinent, maybe you always played Delhi cricket growing up. So, so did I. So that's where my interest as well comes. But yeah, okay. Um, let's get on with the games that are at hand. We are quite a few games to discuss. So the first one I would like to quickly have a chat about is the decider between Zimbabwe and Netherlands. Well, we are a uh, we are a Dutch podcast, so it's an unfortunate thing that Netherlands could not win the game. But you know, in the last game, Zimbabwe they showed the experience and you know playing at the top level, they know how it is to win crucial games. So, well, Netherlands they had a decent start. All top four sort of got off to a start. There were there were no fifties. the skipper scott edwards also made a decent contribution but then between tejan itamanuru sharis ahmed aryan that they couldn't really give that boost towards the end but still 231 in a decider on what was a tough sort of a pitch that was a pretty decent score i thought the spinners from zimbabwe they were as always you know a bit heavy so wesley madevere who became like a very important spinner as the series went on he completed his quota took uh, one wicket but sikandar raza 2 for 55 sean williams he took 3 for 41 as well 
and then when they started with the chase i think zimbabwe went out with the strongest strongest uh, possible combination they sent out wesley madhavere and craig irwin to open this was a newish combination for the decider and then gary balance and sean williams at 3 and 4 so between these four they sort of finished the match so sikandar raza came out and hit a few big hits finished the game quickly but then i think the result was never in doubt the way wesley madhavere and skipper craig irwin started so they added uh, 96 for the first wicket when craig irwin was uh, out he was a bit unlucky to not make a 50 but then wesley wesley got to 50 and he himself was out and then sean williams by the time sean williams was out the result was really never much in doubt because it was going to be a 199 for 3 and with i don't know 12 13 overs left the result would definitely materialize so zimbabwe clinched the series 2-1 but a lot of important results on the field for uh, Netherlands because Teja Nedumaru got a hundred, Sharif Ahmed got a five four, right? And probably like some some very useful experience for the team overall as they grow and you know try to make a mark in the international cricket. But from your perspective, um, how do you see the rest of uh, you know this year panning out? So if you are a Zimbabwe fan, do you see you know Zimbabwe might uh, do very well in the World Cup qualifiers? Yes, sir. Zimbabwe will do surely. because the rest of the teams usa and uae who will participate in zimbabwe qualifiers mm-hmm. won't be that much strong and south africa may participate in that that's a strong team south africa i think because they won against uh, recently against west indies uh, the way they won i think they are clear so also the south africa there was a series against uh, netherlands so by winning the netherlands series at home odi series at home i think south africa are very very close so i think let's just say they are more or less certain that they will qualify directly now right so sir it will be ireland or south africa i think correct correct it will be a really close one you are absolutely right but ireland didn't do themselves any favor right i think uh, we should directly head to that one we should head to that series so by losing by losing those odi series 3-0 right ireland versus bangladesh they yes, made sir. it very tough for themselves so otherwise they had a chance of a direct qualification right so now if you are an irish fan i think i read somebody post on the internet that you know they went in with amazing chances that they could have qualified directly for the world cup but now they have let, let the chance go so the ireland uh, bangladesh uh, series have you been able to keep more touch on it yes sir i have followed that t20 series odi series exactly so it's t20 series well again the first two games were too heavy uh, from scoring perspective bangladesh made 200 plus in each game and then they very easily dismissed ireland only in the third game it looks like finally ireland were able Actually, to mark yeah their highest score in t20 cricket was 211 and i am waiting for that to tweet if they cross 211 in the first t20 ah. i have waited and they scored 207 and after the rain rain interrupted And in second T20, <laughs> 17 overs reduced game. <laughs> They still made it 200 in the 17 overs game. They would have surely crossed their uh, highest uh, total then, right? Yes, yes, sir. But and one see... more thing, sir. Ha ha. Taskin Ahmed four for in a eight overs match, eight overs game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was quite something. I mean, he's come quite a far away from how he started, right? Taskin Ahmed. I think. Uh, <laughs> with uh, donald uh, fast bowling coach i think between taskin ahmed ibadat they have a very strong bowling fast bowling attack now 
so you know nobody will be able to take them lightly ibadat bowled really well also in the ongoing tests so if you look at the ongoing tests as well the single test between uh, bangladesh and ireland did you catch this at all yes sir i guess and since so, 2022 asia cup since 2022 ha. asia cup or t20 world cup bangladesh looking somewhat stronger because they won their first match since 2007 in t20 world cup and after that they white washed england in a t20 series that's something to look at them for 2024 absolutely so come 2024 you would expect both sri lanka and afghanistan to be really strong competitors because afghanistan also showed you have to take them seriously because they upset pakistan 2-1 in that series you saw that yes sir i have seen that but the, in that series pakistan went with a three team or three team and they didn't have proper coaches that might be the reason for their loss against afghanistan right so do you think that they have taken them to lightly there because they sent sort of a b team as you say five the rested five first choice people and you know in the second t20i it so afghanistan they're really good if you keep a total around uh, 130 140 they are able to make a really good match out of it right so they kept pakistan under 135 something like this and that meant they won both the first two games and again in the second game it was a it, was, it could have been tough but mohammad nabi and najibullah satran they finished the game off just like the first one right so they made sure they kept pakistan under 135 and they chased it down comfortably so second one was a bit more close so nabi hit the runs in the last over but they hit the runs nonetheless they kept a really shahab cool khan completed 100 t20 wickets oh is it shahab so, khan 100 t20 wickets excellent excellent so this was in the series yes sir 30 t20 and the first pakistan game. bowler to pick 100 t20 wickets yes sir ratio Do you see he might be the next contender for a T20I captaincy because everybody in Pakistan I hear is complaining Babar Azam might not be a good T20I player, let alone a T20I captain. So that way, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Should uh, Shadab Khan take over as a T20I captain for Pakistan? Yes, sir. By getting experience, he will be a better captaincy than Babar Azam, I think. Because in most of the T20I matches, Babar Azam plays with a less strike rate. And even if we recently Babar Azam completed 9,000 runs in T20 cricket, and if we consider the slowest player to 9,000 T20 runs by ball play, Babar Azam came in the third in that list. And first was uh, their player, Shoaib Malik, I think. Hmm. 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 And who was second? Do you know off the top of your head? Yes, sir, Shoaib Malik was the slowest player, sir, to complete 9,000 hmm. T20 runs. And second slowest was Shikhar Dhawan, our Indian player. Ha <laughs> ha. And third comes. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. And third comes in that list of Babar Azam by ball stage. Babar Azam plays seven thousand one balls to complete nine thousand T20 runs. Okay, that's interesting. Shikhar Dhawan seven to one four. Ha. And uh, Shoaib Malik seven thousand two twenty plus balls. And that balls okay. was not perfect count as he played many domestic matches. Fair enough. See, if you look at it, the only surprising thing is 
Shoaib Malik being the number one there because he he's sort of more like a middle order player, right? So you would expect in T20 eyes somebody who plays in the middle order will have to score faster. Babar Azam, Shikhar Dhawan are more or less openers in T20 eyes, right? So they might play a bit slower. See, seven thousand uh, balls to score nine thousand runs, career strike rate of very close to one twenty is not too bad, right? If you are an opener in T20 eyes, so some of the time I'm not sure if the if the criticism that is uh, that is leveled at Babar Azam, the T20 player, is correct. But maybe there are players who can score faster in Pakistan domestic cricket. So it's up to the Pakistan setup, the selectors to actually decide, because Babar Azam is a big player, right? So maybe and also a captain of all three formats currently. So maybe they are a bit hesitant to upset sort of his mental status by simply taking him out of the T20 team. It might not be good for him overall because he is their gun test player and definitely in ODIs he is probably one of the best finishers these days. So that was a very interesting series, but you know, in the third game, Pakistan came back. They made 182, which was as, as I kept saying, you know, this is something that Afghanistan would definitely struggle. Something around 130, 140, they would easily win. But here, Saeed Mayub made runs. Tayeb Tahir, Dula Shafiq, all of these people who had a chance, they showed. They gave Aftikar Ahmed another go, who was sort of missing weirdly in the first two games. So all of these people made sure they experienced. They made sure that you know Pakistan posted a very good total, and they won the third game easily because Afghanistan could only make 116 all out in the 19th over. So Ishanullah, one of the debutants, who I think did very well for himself in this series. So I think Ishanullah might be a sort of a replacement player, sort of setup when Mohammad Wasim. Aris Rauf, all of these people are not available. Esanullah might be a very good player. Also, the other player whom I thought really impressed, Imad Wasim, because he was out of the team. They gave him a chance again. He made some good runs and also bowled well. I thought so. He might be a very crucial player come the World Cup next year for Pakistan in T20s. I don't see him in the shorter formats in the ODIs as well, but at least T20s he might be a useful player for Pakistan. So. If we go back to the test, the only ongoing test currently, are you able to follow this at all? The Ireland uh, test versus uh, Bangladesh. Yes, I am following. Sir. Any any surprises for you? Take even mystical play. Exactly. So they have suddenly made a good uh, comeback, Bangladesh, because they were in a little bit of trouble at fifty-five for three, but now they have made a strong comeback. So if you go there, your thoughts? How do you think this uh, game will finish? Surely Bangladesh will win it because Ireland played three test matches earlier, and in, a, in their last test match against England at Lords, correct? They bowled out England in the first innings for 85 runs. Yes. And one of their players, ah, one of their players picked five, picked five for, and he is on the last hundred ball now. Correct, correct. But they lost the test match. Yeah, yeah. You remember what happened in the final innings? I didn't remember much, sir, because that's in 2019. I need to go to the scorecard. I'll tell you, they were all But out. But I just very... remember about his type. No, they were all out for a very low total in that game. So you are right. They trimmed England for a double-digit score in the first innings, just 85 they made. Okay, and Tim Malta was the player who took a five-four, and he went on the Lord's Honor list. That was like a guy who played county championship cricket for long time, ten plus years, right? So he took a five-four. And he is only the. Ha. Huh. He is the only Ireland bowler to pick five-fours in multiple formats. Absolutely. And before this test match, he picked a. I fragment Zimbabwe in ODI. Exactly. So that's again a very rare uh, thing. So you know, England they fought back well. They made three hundred and three. 
even though ireland had made 207 they fought back they gave ireland a 182 run target but ireland were 38 all out in the last innings right so only two bowlers were required and that took merely 15 overs 16th over the game was done so usually that's what happens you are 100% right if you remember even afghanistan when they played their first game against india when bangladesh played their first game against india you see they will always compete well in the first innings second innings is when the really experienced teams will come out with the good performances so i expect you know bangladesh they are currently a little bit struggling you may say 122 for 3 they have sort of come out of that uh, problem so what you see is shakib has made 53 of 49 so shakib this is current score so shakib is playing like a one day 2028 right so while mushfiqur rahim they both have the experience next they have litan das and maidi hasan miraj to follow so between these four people i have a i have a feeling you know bangladesh will even take a lead any amount of lead they take i don't think ireland have the let's say the maturity in their setup to make a really strong test match so if ireland need they to have experience in test cricket for ireland correct it's only their fourth game and they have not played a test in almost four years this is a pity really but this is how you know we've been complaining about this afghanistan ireland should play more tests the latest two entrants to test match cricket right so they should get more opportunities recently last year australia did not want to play a test against afghanistan for sort of ideological and political reasons that was a pity we really hope ireland and afghanistan get more tests so the only problem is in test matches you cannot grow if you don't play no matter how many first class and uh, practice games you play against these board elements and other things it is not the same as playing a test match so i hope you know ireland can put their best foot forward maybe give bangladesh a target like 150 then maybe they have a chance in the fourth innings but i really doubt if that's going to materialize because it's going to be very tough for them when they play their third innings let's see how they will come back before we go away from all the other games i wanted to just quickly talk about the netherlands series versus south africa were you able to catch that at all yes sir i just followed the scorecards sir i i i was able to uh, watch the highlights of the games so the first game it was very important uh, for uh, south africa that they win it but they couldn't so the first game was rained off but south africa so if in this series the most important thing was south africa win the series so that they get the necessary points so they won the series 2-0 and one more thing sir hmm. uh, can i add one more point here yeah 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 when srh is losing the match and their their captain was scoring 175 for south africa <laughs> at the same time correct 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 their appointed captain right he was not here yet bhuneshwar was the captain i think we'll go to the ipl and that's a very good point i think srh will need uh, markram the captain and markram the batsman right but yeah he was playing uh, for his nation so rightfully he was there and uh, if you look at the um, 11s netherlands were able to field uh, rolof van der merwe who now plays for netherlands was previously a south africa player so from your experience are there many players like this who played against and for a team i think in the recent times i can only recollect of one other player who had such an opportunity maybe two right so for me it's ireland's two players who made this happen so one was uh, oyen morgan who probably played against england and then played for england against ireland and uh, there was a fast bowler i forget his name also from ireland really tall fast bowler who even played a test for england and then he went back to playing for ireland 
So I don't know if he got a chance to play for Ireland against England after that. So the question for you is, as a stats person, do you recollect or do you know of many players apart from these two? So we have three now. We have Rula van der Merwe. The fast bowler, I forget his name. A very tall fast bowler. He was six foot five. And the third player was Owen Morgan, but he first played for Ireland. And I remember he played against Ireland after that. Any other player do you recollect like this? No, sir. But uh, I am waiting for Gary Balance to play against England. Ah, that's the fourth player. Excellent point. So, we may see Gary Balance may actually play. And there is one more guy, Peter Moore. So, Peter Moore. Peter Moore, yes, sir. He was playing for Ireland. No? Yes. But in this case, it's very rare. The example I gave is when they played for a team and then played for another team against that team. So, it's more like Peter Moore playing against Zimbabwe. Would be very good. Right? Gary Balance. Gary Balance. Exactly. Gary Balance playing against England will be that one and Peter Moore playing against Zimbabwe will be that one. So, very interesting times where we have people sort of switching teams. You know, in the modern era, you did not expect this might actually happen. But it's happening. Very, very strange. But yeah, let's see if these other players that we have made a remark also cross over and play against their former home teams. So, in this case, Rolof van der Marwa played against South Africa. He took uh, six overs, one for 27, right? He was the most, let's say, economical bowler for uh, South Africa. That way. And Colin Ackerman is actually a South African-born player as well. He's played a lot of county cricket. And so, he was also playing against South Africa, sort of his air quotes home team. It was not going to be much of a game if the first ODI had completed, I, I would think. But it did not complete. And that was rained out. But in the second ODI, you know, South Africa showed their class. They got uh, Netherlands 118 in all out and they were able to chase that, which is two wickets down. Temba Bouma making 19 not out. Temba Bouma is really now having a very good form. So, his form was also very crucial, I would say, in the way South Africa played and how they came back and won. Uh, you know, their good times, as they say, they were able to capture their good times again. In the last ODI, the third ODI, which they had to win to take the series, they did that comfortably, right? So, that meant, you know, South Africa have a very, very decent chance of qualifying. Uh, they, are, they need just one or two small things to go their way. Because the last game, they won by 146 runs very comfortably. They batted first. Makram made 175. Right? In a one day, he made, with a strike rate of 140 almost, he made 175 runs. He was supported very well by David Miller, Henry Klaassen. Right? And that was going to be too much for any team, let alone a team like Netherlands who are growing. Wesley Baresi, who's been given a run here, he finally made a score 29. Scott Edwards, 42. Musa Ahmed, he's now growing again. In the world uh, stage, Musa Ahmed is showing that he has the capacity to score runs. Shariz Ahmed, he bowled well throughout the series. Right? Vikram Jit Singh, I'm proud to say I've seen these players live while they were kids, while they were growing up. All these three players. So, they are also in a good place. Vikram Jit Singh has to convert his starts into a big score. Vikram, he's always making decent starts. I would love to see Vikram Jit go on and make a 100 against the big teams. I think it's just around the corner. One or two series from now, we would probably see Vikram Jit score a 100. I'm very, very you know eagerly watching that this happens. Going forward, if you just finish off with uh, Sri Lanka, New Zealand. Sri Lanka won finally, uh, you know, at T20A, the first of the series. They won that... Uh, did you happen to catch this? It was a high-scoring game, but uh, they were able to win it because it was a tie. They tied the game and then they won the Super Over. Were you able to catch this at all? Yes, sir. So, I don't know if you saw the Super Over. I think uh, New Zealand may have missed a trick 
I don't think they had the right batsman out there. So, they sent out, uh, you know, Chapman, Nisham and Mitchell. That was very interesting. I, I expected I expected maybe the openers to be there. Conway is not there. He's in uh, India. He's playing for uh, Chennai. IPL. Right. So, uh, that's one of the players that may have been missing. But uh, they have enough. They have a very strong squad. Because, you know, in the upcoming days, they are also going to tour uh, Pakistan for a T20A series. So, that's going to be very interesting. I met T20A. Right. So, that's going to be very interesting. So, they are the team that's closest to a full strength in spite of an IPL going on. Because we already know Shanaka will take uh, Kane Williamson's place. At least, New Zealand, they should have lost that match in the last over. But in the last ball, Sodhi hit a 6 to tie the game. So, that's not happened many times, right? To hit a last uh, ball 6 to either tie or win a game. So, so they did it. Stats-wise, that was a very interesting thing in that game. Otherwise, I expected New Zealand would have lost the game in direct time only. But Shanaka was the bowler. He couldn't uh, prevent that. But then his bowlers, Tikshana, came back really well. So, Tikshana made it 8 for 2 in that one over. He dismissed both Chapman and Nisham. And then, when they came out to bat, Asalanka hit just two boundaries. And that was that. That finished the game off. So, that was an easy win in the Super over. But then, New Zealand, you can, as you always say, you never, you never uh, write New Zealand off. And they came back to tie that game. And uh, New Zealand won that game. But in the second game, we just finished today. So, New Zealand won the game very, very easily. So, they restricted Sri Lanka to just 141. Again, after a strong start, so Sri Lanka, you would think at 2 for 91 in just the 12th over, they were in a very, very good position. But they lost back-to-back wickets. Kusal Pereira was out. Then shortly, Dhananjaya De Silva. The two big scorers both were out. Only Charit Asalanka was able to play. Nobody really played. The captain, Shanaka, Asaranga. None of them made any runs. And then after that, it was a bit of uh, all-rounders and uh, lower-order batsmen. That meant, you know, Sri Lanka could only make 141. So, this is... By the way, they couldn't uh, even complete the full quota of overs. Adam Mill took a 5-4 in a t- T20A. One more bad habit for New Zealand, sir. They didn't have a habit of winning Super Over. <laughs> Is it? Which we signed 2019 World Cup final as well. Oh, dear. Yes. yes, yes. That was terrible. <laughs> you reminded... Uh... And in 2012 also... Sir, in 2012 also, there was a tight match between New Zealand and Sri Lanka. It's a T20A match. And in that too, Sri Lanka won the Super Over. I see. So... Telkaratna Dilshan scored 76 in that match. I see. So, uh, maybe if it goes to uh, Super Overs... You can back you can back any team against New, Ze- New Zealand, I suppose. They suddenly lose their cool. Maybe. Okay, so this means the series is tied one all going into the final T Twenty A in the last game of the series. So Sri Lanka would be very keen to win it because they've had a bad series so far, the bad tour so far to be frank. So they'll want to win it, and if possible, from there they will want to go and uh, you know. Because from that point on, some of their players will come back and play, I'm sure, in the IPL. So, they'll want to finish on a high. That's very important, I suppose. Because this is also sort of the last international for a while for Sri Lanka. So, they'll also want to do that. So, that then they can uh, look forward to qualifiers for World Cup. They'll be one of the teams that will be playing the qualifiers in Zimbabwe. We know that Sri Lanka will have to play the qualifiers. Because they did not... They did not uh, win a single game in that uh, ODI series against uh, New Zealand. That's a pity. Because, you see, they went into this series against New Zealand having a realistic chance of qualifying directly. So, if they had won the test matches 2-0, 
they could have qualified for the world test championship final which they couldn't do if they had won the series in new zealand the odi series they could have qualified directly for the world cup even that didn't happen they lost that series 2-0 with one game rained out right so that was a pity but they were really really shocking in their performance in a must win series they really couldn't do much with the bat at all i think it's about their batsmen getting used to the alien conditions and they couldn't do that so that was a pity but i think they'll want to come back strong in the qualifiers so that's where that's where you know they'll want to win this t20 and finish strong sort of in their mind prepare well for the qualifiers in zimbabwe did you get a chance to watch the sheffield shield final at all or get maybe follow it there was a weird statistic in that game as well did you get to see this Yes, sir i just uh, saw one person scoring 46 runs in 270 balls i think 280 yeah. <laughs> exactly 280 yes sir lowest to 15 first class cricket was 350 balls and i was waiting to tweet about that yeah <laughs> sadly he got out <laughs> someone day. in the opposition got out oh he so, said oh he's carried his bat good god i missed this he's carried his Yes, sir. Only two players carried the bat in Sheffield Shield final, sir. In 1998, one person carried, and uh, recently that person. Okay. Wow. Do you know who carried his bat in the 1998? Chandrasekhar. Ch- see, Chandrasekhar carried, but he made uh, only 46. Something. Uh, sir, Jamie Cox in 1998. He carried the bat through the innings. It was unfortunate he couldn't score at a slightly faster rate in this format of cricket even today. That's a fantastic innings, but. um looking at what happened maybe his team would have appreciated if he could have scored another 40 or 50 runs maybe right 80 of 280 or something would have been a good score because that means his team would have made you know another those 40 runs would have been very crucial in the final final uh, sort of analysis because western australia came back strong they made um, 315 thanks to 100 by ashton turner so ashton turner is a very very good player now he's he's in a good mindset he's one of these players who is unable to break into the australian team because of the competition but you know he was the man of the match in the sheffield shield final he was also the man of the match in the um recently concluded bbl right bbl final he was the man of the match so this guy is like very important he has a strong mindset because he can win you games he has won he has won many crucial games i remember so even in the final he was able to come out and hit a 100 very crucial 100 because that's the one because he batted with the tail at you know 5 for 139 it could have been that even they could have collapsed but from there he batted with the tail made crucial partnership partnerships and took them to 350 so that lead was so big that they were able to win the game outright based on that right uh, in the second innings victoria they were uh, you know 210 all out will sutherland had a decent decent partnership with uh, Todd Murphy everybody thought you know they could make a bit more of a serious target they could pose a bit more of a serious target but they couldn't so that meant you know they lost very easily so congratulations to western australia who are you know often times you don't see uh, teams like western australia winning the sheffield shield so well done to them that they won it in another important news kishore shallow has taken over as the uh, president of the cricket west indies board he's uh, one of those uh, rare uh, appointees because he comes from the grenadines skerit came from st kitts and nevis he was the previous president and uh, vice president there is a new vice president as well so that's uh, basarat for the board and uh, we hope you know this team takes this uh, 
takes this West Indian board forward. They sort of mend these differences between the players and the board. They're already in a good position. So we really hope they take this forward and West Indies cricket can grow and go back to their old great days. Moving on, we see that there are some new appointees. So you were saying, right, uh, Raju, that uh, Pakistan did not have a good support staff when they played Afghanistan. Maybe one of the things that may have affected them. I think Pakistan board has taken uh, analysis of this. So Morna Markle has been appointed as the fast bowling coach. Andy Putik has been appointed as the batting coach. And Mickey Arthur has been appointed as a consultant. Then the other thing that we can have a quick chat upon, of course, is IPL. So, did you notice anything interesting already in these couple of first week games in IPL? Yes, sir, I have noticed it, sir. Actually, the impact players who came into play, actually, Seamus, sir. Impact players are Seamus. Mm. Only Tushan Deshpande picked wicket, sir. Another Seamus picked wicket. Mm. Like, now this same, now, now this same came, and few other Seamus came. But they didn't pick any wickets, sir. Interesting. How about impact players as batsmen? Were there any impact players who were uh, batsmen at all? Yes, sir. Aish Badoni didn't play much better. And one more interesting thing is Kohli's ah. 82. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was, about, I was about to go there. So, two teams seem to have started really well. One of the teams which you would think are very good are struggling, right? So, Mumbai Indians seem to be struggling a little bit in that game against Royal Challengers. We saw they needed to fix a few things. So, Royal Challengers back at Chinnaswamy. I have an interesting stat here, sir. Ah. Rohit Sharma has the most single-digit dismissals in IPL. He surpassed Dinesh Karthik, who has 51, and now Rohit Sharma is having 52. <laughs> very interesting. And Dinesh Karthik also made a duck cut or something, right, in that game against Royal Challengers. Yes, sir. He equaled Rohit Sharma. <laughs> Sharma in that record. That, that's what I was about to say. 14-14 duck, sir. Excellent. Well, Cameron Green at number 3. That was an interesting move. I think they wanted to include Cameron Green, the all-rounder. Right, so they gave him a chance to bat at three, and he also bowled two overs. So far, when you look at the results, Gujarat uh, Titans seem to be the most, uh, let's say, most comfortable-looking team, because in the first day they beat Chennai Super Kings, and then they were able to come back, and they've also beaten Delhi Capitals. So two very strong teams they have beaten comfortably. So, your thoughts on this? How the teams are placed? It's very early, I understand. What are your thoughts on this? Nothing, sir. But uh, Gujarat Titans is having a strong team. And as well as Miller added into their squad, which brings the uh, strongest middle order. Right. And uh, all, all the people were telling that Chennai Super Kings is having the strongest middle order in this IPL. But uh, saying that Miller, I say Gujarat Titans will be having the strongest middle order. Along with Rahul Tivet and Rashid Khan is also finishing Absolutely. matches. Right. That's why the middle order and lower order is much stronger. Right. From bowler's perspective, do you see they still have a good enough good enough attack to carry them through the tournament? Because we have seen earlier many teams start very strong. Like RCU has done it multiple seasons, I think. They start very, very strong, but then they fade away in the second half because the bowlers are unable to, you know, keep the opposite opponents down and their batsmen eventually start failing. So, in this case, do you see their bowling also to be strong enough? Because with Shami and um, Rashid, they surely have a strong attack. But then, who are the people that can cover them up? With Josh Little, Hardik Pandya, Alzari Joseph, Yashdayal. Do you see the attack is strong enough that they are able to carry it through? 
sir they would have given chances to ravi kishor sir sai kishor so sorry sir sai kishor i have seen his domestic performance sir i have seen his domestic performance and he is much better bowler than many other in the team but they are not giving him chances and also sai sudarshan sir i have seen his recent ranji performance in ranji in ranji match against hyderabad that sai sudarshan and narayan jagdishan scored 90 runs in just 6 overs 90 runs wow. partnership in just 5 overs i think sir 5.2 okay yeah in that match jagdishan scored 18 balls 50 and that's the second fastest to 50 by an indian so first class 50 by an indian and that much talented cricketer sir but they are not getting much chances here yeah, sir so, narayan jagdishan sai sudarshan sai kishor sai kishor see sai sudarshan yesterday he was the i think the replacement right he won the game he played a very very important knock yes, he was not the replacement vijay shankar was the replacement sorry so sai sudarshan i would say with the injury to williamson he was the replacement in that game when uh, williamson got injured so i would say in this case there is a high likelihood sai sudarshan has a definite spot at number 3 for gujarat titans in this tournament right they needed a stable number 3 and he has showed in two consecutive games i would say sai sudarshan has nailed his spot so who does uh, narayan jagdishan play for kolkata knight riders sir so i expect by the way that he will have more chances because of his so he is a opener correct and uh, the way i look at it there is a decent chance in the upcoming games this guy will get more chances because he is a very hard hitting top order batsman right and uh, kolkata they will eventually need that so you saw it in the only game they have played so far against punjab they did not have the sort of start they wanted somebody at the top of order with rahmanullah gurbas between mandeep singh and anukul roy i will see jagdishan taking a place there right they have a strong middle order venkatesh ayer was opening they have dropped him to middle order venkatesh ayer did a decent job there but i would say venkatesh ayer will go to the number 1 position instead of mandeep singh maybe and then anukul roy will drop into the middle order and at number 3 you'll see narayan jagdishan coming out this is what i expect because nitish rana will then have a better chance of controlling the middle order with andrew russell right so this is how i see the order shaping up let's see if uh, narayan jagdishan and uh, sai kishor right he's a spinner he's a left arm spinner correct yes, i'm expecting he will have a better role in the second half of the ipl so more in the last 10 games you'll see him more because the pitches also right when the pitches are new they are more seamer friendly that's why you see what you already mentioned correctly that's the trend analysis that i and i notice in the first half of the tournament you will see more impact players as fast bowlers in the second half of the tournament you will see more impact bowlers as spinners or spinning all rounders the other example i'll give you directly right now is michael bracewell for rcb he is playing in the 11 because hasaranga is not there once hasaranga comes back from sri lankan duty hasaranga will play in the 11 and michael bracewell will become the um, impact player because he is very good both with the bat and ball he is an ideal impact player for rcb this is in the second half of second half of the tournament where the pitches will be more spin friendly this is how i see the um, tournament going but okay it's very early to predict but apart from gujarat titans do you see any other uh, any other team already in a good position because rcb i think is very early to say csk always comes back and so do, so will kkr i'm expecting kkr and delhi will fight back as well so what are your thoughts on this rajasthan royals srs rajasthan royals if is it very early for you to predict uh, top 4 finishers 
ఇంట్రెస్టింగ్ so he is a very experienced campaigner we may yet see that chennai uh, so mumbai will usually you, you never write mumbai off it's very very dangerous to do that let's see if uh, you know they are able to come back bounce back but you might be right delhi and mumbai might struggle this year you may have it srh i don't see them making the semi final either but that's the point srh have a new captain and a new strategy so we may see that they surprise lsg is up strong strong Lucknow Super Giants with Kyle Mays and KL Rahul. Okay. So you might say they might finish ahead of uh, even somebody like Delhi and uh, Mumbai. Yes sir. LSG is much more stronger than Mumbai Indians with their batting lineup as well. Okay. And they have started not badly either. So let's see how that goes. Okay. Now, if you were to quickly take a look at you know the tournament, the ICC World Cup qualifier playoffs. Right? You already mentioned it earlier on. USA have clinched a spot. so have uae correct between canada jersey and papua new guinea so will it only be two teams or will it be more teams that qualify because in current table um, stand off namibia are ahead of united arab emirates but arab emirates have a game in hand agnes jersey jersey is not much that much strong i think they are just playing their first two odi series i think correct so i think uae will okay. qualify ahead of namibia okay okay yeah so jersey you are right jersey has won only one game but the real surprise of this entire of this entire tournament for me was papua new guinea really not making any impact so papua new guinea have really fallen off you would expect that uh, you know they have been there are there about the last couple of years usa are really the informed team they have qualified so between namibia host namibia and uae i am surprised you know uae they have made a qualification directly so that's going to be very interesting okay in september 2022 kapil dev said usa usa will be a strong contender for cricket in the upcoming generations might be in next 10 years kapil dev said that sir. absolutely and here they are already points of power correct definitely they have a very strong expat population but also they have some local players as well so if you look at the team right you have stephen taylor all of these people right aaron jones they are all uh, purely local players nostush kenjige so these players are always going to be good going forward and they have a very strong expat contingent including ali khan all of these people former captain netravalkar current captain morang patel sir patel all of these people are very strong so gajanan singh is also an expat in any case it's going to be very interesting how it goes so let's hope you know what you said with mlc the major uh, league cricket they have made strong teams and if once mlc gets going right you can see that uh, they'll have a very strong base where they'll identify more players 
and that means they have a chance of putting up a very strong team maybe 5 8 years from now they may actually have a very very strong team as well all right those were all the main cricketing topics that we wanted to talk about the only other topic that i would say we can have a quick chat about i don't know if you noticed it vaughn was cleared by the uh, ecb's uh, disciplinary committee of making racist comments so i think his career was on the line and he came out strongly and he was able to defend himself he was the only person who actually appeared in front of the disciplinary committee and made a case for himself saying that you know he was wrongly accused and that meant he was also not punished but every other player uh, that was made a charge against that was also also they they gave, they committed those players this committee cannot really uh, really enforce any um, let's say bans or fines but ecb will probably take some real uh, real notice of that so it will remain to be seen whether one has done enough to redeem himself in the public size and whether he'll be accepted back now this is an ashes year right it's a ashes year in england all right those are all the cricketing topics we wanted to discuss in this episode so i would like to say thank you raju for uh, taking part in this uh, episode with us and bringing a very useful statistics perspective to all the games and series that we discussed where would our listeners be able to reach out to you do you have any social media handles i am just on twitter and instagram cricket with raju perfect thank you very much and i hope we can have you as a guest one of the upcoming episodes as well we wish all our listeners a good day wherever they may be listening from bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast